Well, good morning, wherever you're joining us from, whatever platform you've joined us on, we are so glad that you decided to spend New Year's Eve morning. Hopefully you're with family, hopefully you are gathered around a computer screen or a TV or a phone to join us here at River Tree Jackson this morning. My name's Austin, I'm a pastoral resident here, and just on behalf of our staff and our team, we pray and hope that you had a very merry Christmas and uh, we know that many of you could be traveling right now and all the things. So it's just an honor that you would take time out of this part of the season to be with us, even if it's virtually. And hey, I want to tell you a little bit about why we do this is because our staff work really, really hard in this season. And so as kind of a Christmas gift to them, uh, we're going to spend this Sunday recharging and refueling uh, with our families. And so uh, we're grateful to just spend the next few minutes together. We're going to dig into the Bible a little bit. Uh, before we do that, I want to celebrate some things that we've done. Love Local, Serve Day, Project Care, uh, Operation Christmas Child, our coat drive, all these things of our church living out, uh, being overly generous. And so we're grateful. You're a gift. You're a gift to us, and you're a gift to this community. And so uh, I believe that the best is yet to come as we step in to 2024. Can you believe it? Here we are on the doorstep of a new year. We're going to be in Luke chapter 8 for a few minutes, a very familiar passage. And to give you some context before we jump in, I want to just give you a little bit about what's going on. Jesus has been teaching and preaching and gathering for some time now. There's some momentum behind his ministry. He uh, starts to call people in to join him on this mission to spread this good news that the kingdom is at hand. We would know them possibly as the disciples. And many of those disciples were ragtag fishermen who grew up near the region of Galilee and have been fishing on and off for a lot of their life. And so it was a familiar setting where we're going to be reading out of Luke chapter 8 for the disciples and for Jesus. He spent a lot of time in the region of Galilee. So the disciples, as they were following Jesus, they had a front row seat to some of the greatest teachings with authority that anyone had ever heard. They had a front row seat to see Jesus heal people. They had a front row seat even to see Jesus raise people from the dead. So we would take all that information and assume that if anyone knew Jesus, it was indeed his followers. But even all of those experiences up to date couldn't prepare them for what they were about to see. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 8, and I'm going to start in verse 22. One day, he, he being Jesus, got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out. And as they sailed, Jesus fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in great danger. They went and woke Jesus, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who is this man that he commands even the winds and the water? And they obey him. I want to just talk to you for a few minutes about this idea. Don't waste the storm. Don't waste the storm. Uh, when my wife and I were engaged early on, I made what I would call a rookie mistake. Okay, uh, 
If you are a husband out there this morning and you are watching, you understand what I mean <laughs> when I say I made a rookie mistake. It was one of those moments where I left out some really important information. I made the mistake of making plans without including her, but just assumed she would just go along with the plan like nothing happened. So she does agree and she does go in and it's literally on our way to these plans that I made to have dinner with these certain people where I tell her who we're, who we're having dinner with and where we're going, literally on the way. And I felt the immediate temperature change in the car. I felt the chill in the air. And so I looked over at her and I said, hey, are you good? And at first she was like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. And it was when she said, I'm fine, I knew that what she meant was there are so many things wrong with her right now that she has no idea where to begin. And finally, the truth comes out and she tells me, if you wouldn't have left out all these details, I would have never agreed to go to this dinner. I left out some important information. And I can imagine the disciples in the boat as they head across the Sea of Galilee are maybe looking at Jesus saying, hey, you kind of left out a little bit of the details. We know that you said we were going to go to the other side, but you didn't tell us anything about a storm. See, the the disciples would have been familiar with the Sea of Galilee, knowing that, that there were storms that would pop up and, and kind of come out of nowhere and could be even really severe. So this must have been quite the storm that Jesus led his followers into. He said, we're going to the other side, but then they run into a storm. Now, I think that uh, if you're watching this, hopefully you would agree, maybe, maybe not, but the disciples had been walking with Jesus long enough to know that he kind of knows what's going on. He's like 100% God and 100% man. He probably knows it's going to storm when they get out and they're far enough off of the shore of one side and too far from the other shore on the other side to call themselves there. They're literally just out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee and this severe storm comes. And it can create, create a little bit of a theological conundrum for us. Because I've always kind of drifted to the idea that as long as I'm following Jesus, it's going to be smooth sailing. But in this life, whether we follow Jesus, whether we just attend church, but we only come for the social side, whether we're, we're kind of new to this idea of Christianity and faith, or whether we have nothing to do with Jesus at all. Storms are a sure thing. It doesn't matter. We're going to face them. We're always going to face some form of adversity. It's never a matter of if we're going to face it. It's just simply a question of when. Storms are a sure thing. And here we are on the doorstep of a new year. And a new year, a new year is not just the flip of a calendar. It is the opportunity to experience and to walk in new. And so in this year, hopefully, and I pray this for you, I pray this for myself, that we're going to have new opportunities in 2024. That maybe we're going to partake in some new, good, godly relationships in 2024. 24, that maybe uh, we're going to embark on some new journeys and adventures in our careers and our career paths. Maybe we're going to dream new dreams. And although that all be true, that a new year affords all these good things, it also affords the assurance that we will face storms. 
in the same way we experience good things, the same way we will undoubtedly run into adversity. And it's even stranger when Jesus himself, who's in the boat, who's calling the shots, who says we're going somewhere, is the one who leads us into a storm that makes us think we're never going to make it out. So what do we do with this? If it's true that no matter what, we're going to run into adversity, we're going to run into storms, even in this new year with all these new hopes and new dreams and new aspirations, we might as well get the most out of every storm that we're going to face. It's really hard to learn when you're trying to survive. It's really hard to grow in Christ when you're just trying to make it out. I'm not saying that Jesus sends every storm or He's the reason we face every storm. I can't necessarily say that, but I can say He can make each one of them useful for each and every one of us. That adversity is going to come, and with His help, He who works all things together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose can make each one of them useful. We don't have to waste the storms that we're going to face in 2024. So what can we learn? How can we take steps into not wasting the storm? And I think first is this, is understanding that storms test the genuineness of our faith. When Jesus does something, He does it on purpose and He does it for purpose. And it would do us good to revisit the beginning of the story when Jesus tells His disciples, hey, let's go to the other side of the lake. But Now they're in the middle of the lake and the thought of the other side of the lake is nowhere to be found. So let me pose you this question. When we finally drift off of the shore and we are out in the open and we are out in the middle, we're following Jesus, we're doing the best we can to be obedient and things don't look like what we thought they would look like, are we going to lean more on the words of Jesus or lean more on what we feel and what we see. Scripture says that we walk by faith and not by sight. But here's what I want to clarify and I want to make abundantly clear for us is that faith is not denying the realities in front of us. Faith doesn't deny that the boat's taking on water. Faith doesn't deny that the ship is rocking. Faith doesn't deny that we feel like we're out in the middle and in the open and Jesus is nowhere to be found. Faith does not deny the reality It just believes that the best is still yet to come, even if we're in the middle of a storm right now. So we're not going to operate in a doctrine of denial. We're not going to deny the storms that we face. We're going to ask God to help us see how they are useful to us. We may or may not understand it fully, but God's desired result is not always an outcome. It's just intimacy with Him a deeper understanding and knowledge of who He is in light of the circumstances that we face. 1 Peter 1.7 says that, So the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Genuineness of our faith. The word genuine in, in the old text, in the, in the Hebrew and in the Greek, it's a pottery term. And what would happen is a potter would create a vessel. 
And the way that they would test its genuineness, which meant to look for cracks, is that a potter would hold it up into the light, essentially exposing any infirmities in it. And so sometimes that's kind of what the storm does to us in our hearts, is it just reveals what's going on in there. You know how it is, like when you're backed in a corner, when you're feeling the tension and the pressure, what's really inside makes its way out. And so it's an opportunity for God to expose the cracks or the fractures in our faith so that we can invite Him more into them to help our faith become more and more genuine and useful and pleasing unto Him. And ultimately, that faith is built on a knowledge of Him, Him meeting us in the midst of the storm and not just meeting us but showing us and talking to us and revealing to us who he is secondly storms are an uncomfortable opportunity to surrender an uncomfortable opportunity to surrender it's just true the longer you follow jesus the more we understand that sometimes he has to put us in uncomfortable and uncertain circumstances to show us who He is and show us who we are. What's so telling about the story is that with all the fishing experience, all the knowledge of the water and the boats that the disciples had, they come to this point where they look at the conditions, they see the water in the boat, which they've probably seen before, and something clicks and they say, listen, w without Jesus, we're not going to make it out of here. With all the knowledge and experience that they had. You see, like, our knowledge, our experiences, it's not always enough. We need the presence, the voice, the words of Jesus to get us through some of the adversity that we're going to face. Maybe the storm you face is just simply an opportunity for you to meet Him back on your knees again and come back to Him and return to Him and say, Lord, I just I don't know if I can go any further without you. And I think that's such a pleasing prayer to God. You know, I, I myself, I don't know about you, but I've faced storms before where I felt like Jesus was sleeping on me too. And it was when I would surrender the idea that I... My experience could get me through it. Or my knowledge could get me through it. Or, the, or just the Bible verses that I could quote would get me through No, no, no. I needed Jesus, the person. 100% God, 100% man. The same one who said, we're going to the other side. And so, yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, it's not preferred. It's not the preferred path to growth, but it's the necessary path sometimes for us to be uncomfortable and uncertain and feel like we're out in the middle and in desperate need of a Savior. But that, my friends, will drive us back to Him indeed. And maybe today you're watching, and the only reason you're watching is because you were scrolling. You're not, maybe you're not even a part of the church, but you were scrolling, and you just some, for some reason stopped on this video today. And maybe you're walking through a storm. And I might contend that possibly, just possibly, it could be Jesus saying, come to me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, at the end of the day, the storm 
answers to the same Lord that I do. Jesus, he, he talks early in his ministry about how the, the crows are taken care of, that he, he sees the sparrow, that the numbers, the hairs of our head are numbered. Like he's so invested in us that if we end up in the boat with him and we're going to the place where he said we were going here in 2024, and I believe that we're going to go places individually, collectively as a church. And we come up against the storms that we undoubtedly will face. I don't think that, that Jesus saying to the disciples, where is your faith is condemnation at all. It's almost like him saying, I'm so glad that you understand that the one who controls all this stuff going on around us is sitting in the boat with you. And he's with you today. He's with me today. He's with River Tree Jackson today. Because in 2024, we will face stuff just like any other year. So what if we didn't waste those storms this year? And I think ultimately the, the way that we do that is we change the prayer that we pray. Because oftentimes, and I'm not saying this is wrong, I'm just saying there might be something better. Oftentimes when we face adversity, the prayer is, Jesus, get us through it. And He will. He who called you is faithful. But what if we pray, Jesus, show me who you are in it. The greatest part of the story, the real miracle of the story is not Jesus calming the storm. It's the disciples seeing and understanding who was in the boat with them. And it ultimately ends with them saying, who is this man? Who even the winds and the waves obey him. It was a revelation of who Jesus is. And in 2024, I want you to know him better. I want to know him better. I want our church to know him better and more intimately than we ever have before. He's going to get us to the other side. We don't have to worry about that. But when I get there, I want to know him. And when I face adversity, I want to know him. And I want you to know him. And so today, and in this new year, as we walk right into it, what if we just resolutely and purposely in our heart make a decision that we're not going to waste the storm? Let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you that you are in the boat with us, whatever we face. And I pray, Lord, anyone watching, wherever they may be, whatever they may be doing right now, that you would use whatever is going on around them to reveal yourself. That we might know you more. And that we might walk into all that you might have for us in 2024. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Well, we love you guys so much, and we'll see you right back here at River Tree Jackson next Sunday. Have a good day.